today we're going to dive into scripture today and just kind of sometimes I just like to just be real raw with how we look at scripture and I want to do that before I do I just want to like um, just be real honest with you uh, but first I want to ask you a question how many of you guys have um, ever had anything stolen from you anything everybody had like all right awesome yeah awesome that's not awesome how many of you, like, your house was broken into? Okay, what about your car? Yeah, man, lots of, we live in Jacksonville, right? That happens. Um, uh, when, I was a, when I was a kid, I had one of my really good friends, I mean, really good friends. We hung out every single day. And uh, when we were away uh, on vacation, he came and he broke into my house. Like, we caught him red-handed in our house, like, eating our cookies, playing pool on our pool table, like, we caught him, and he had stole a bunch of my, like, prized possessions as a kid. And, like, that hurt, so, uh, but we knew who it was. His bike was sitting at the front door <laughs> when we got there. Really bad criminal as kids. Any bad criminals as a kid? Admit it. I'm about to tell some stories. Um, uh, yeah, so he, he broke in. He st- took some of, like, my baseball cards. I had a great collection of baseball cards. Took, like, model cars. Really loved building those things took them all, and so we knew who it was, so we went down to his house, we ended up getting those back, but that wasn't enough, just get my stuff back wasn't enough, so what did we have to do? Like, you stole stuff from us, we're going to steal stuff from you, so we stole stuff from him, well, I'll show him, right, you know, that was the right thing to do, <laughs> just go back and steal stuff from him. Um, then there was another time where, uh, when I was a kid, I was in elementary school, and one of my good friends this is, one, this is where it gets gray. Does stealing ever get gray? You know, where, where it's like, maybe that's stealing, maybe that's not stealing. Well, um, it was a good friend of mine, and his mom ended up getting really, really mad about the situation because I took his lunch money, but I didn't take it. I sold him something. I sold him this really sweet picture of Wolverine that I drew when I was in third grade. I mean, you would be blown away with how quality this picture was of Wolverine. His mom just really didn't see it like that, like I, was, like I was a fine artist that was selling his work at school when I was in third grade. His mom saw it like I was stealing his lunch money, and uh, so my parents ended up taking care of that. I remember another time when I was a kid, and, and uh, actually I remember several times where this happened, where we would be at a store, and the cashier would give my parents more money. You guys ever had this happen, where they, they, they would actually like, give you the wrong change, and like we always notice it right away if they gave us not enough, but like they give us too much, like, oh, I didn't notice it until I was driving out. I was on the interstate already. It was so much easier at that point. But I remember several times, sometimes my parents would be home or realize something didn't come up on the receipt and, and that something had actually been stolen or that they gave us too much change. They had given us too much, and I just loved what my parents modeled before me is, is, is t- immediately giving them back what it is and, and never making excuses or um, never kind of justifying you know, um, the situation. I, I think sometimes we do that. We'd be like, well, they shouldn't have hired her if she couldn't count. <laughs> like, that's their fault, you know. Or, or, you know, we'll just, you know, be like, that's what they get. They're just paying me back for my time for sitting in line for five minutes. Like, we'll justify all kinds of ways. But I don't know. What would you do? Like, would you, like, take it back? No matter what the thing, would you, like, justify it? And be like, well, maybe I'll just pay it for it. I'll buy somebody a coffee this week or something. And we don't do that. Or, I don't know, what would you do in that situation? I don't know, give back? I hope we would give it back, and it's, it's funny. There's this uh, old movie. You guys ever seen Office Space? Funny movie. I, my wife just saw it for the first time a few weeks back. 
And for those of you that don't know, uh, it's this movie about kind of just the monotony of office life. And these guys are just over their office job. And like they're, I mean, they are sick of it. (laughs) They're sick of it. And and they uh, ended up kind of just trying to find a way to get out of their kind of dull, monotonous office job. So they figure out, because they're like accountants and like really good with computers and stuff, and um, that they figure out that there's actually all these like fractions of a cent that are just thrown away and they just kind of disappear in something mathematical terms that's called like truncate, where they just kind of like throw off the end of the decimals and like they just kind of disappear. And so they say, well, that's just kind of a, a waste. So they think they're going to do something. With this. So they kind of begin to siphon off and leak off these fractions of a cent of a, you know, or a percent of these large transactions that are taking place a million times a day. And so before long, they're like becoming millionaires immediately. And I think that's one of those things like, oh, nobody's going to miss it. It's one of those other situations like where we can justify it. Uh, And it's really stealing. I mean, I think it's hard for us to not say that's stealing. They didn't have money and now they're taking money from a place that's not theirs. And and so really, just all those stories, all those kind of crazy stories from, you know, popular culture and a lot from my own life of just being a little thief and a little schemer building my art business in third grade, they just got me to the place of like, okay, God, what does it it look like to really take care of the the, the wealth you've given us on this earth? Because we're here in America, and we are one of the wealthiest, we are the wealthiest country in the world, and we act like we're in need so many times when we're not. When we've overspent in areas that we shouldn't have. And, and really, I, I want you to know, we're going we're gonna to talk about money today, but I don't want to talk about money. I think Jesus wants to speak to us about our heart. I think Jesus wants to talk to us about how much we trust him. And before you think I'm, I'm taking up extra offerings or, or we're doing a campaign or anything like that, I got none of that planned, got none of it in mind. Here's why I don't want something from you, I want something for you. I want freedom for you in your finances. I want peace for you in your finances. I don't want anything from you. We're not doing anything like that. I've got nothing planned for the entire calendar year to do anything like that. I want us to read scripture because I think, I've heard it, I don't know how many dozen times of a preacher that'll get up and he'll say, oh, but Jesus talked about money more than he did anything else. He did. Yeah, like everything except for the kingdom of heaven, he talked about money and like our finances and our stewardship more than anything else. He talked about more than he- the, uh, money more than heaven and hell combined. And, and I've heard preachers get up and say, well, 11 out of the 39 parables that Jesus taught on are about what? They're about money. They're about how we steward it and our faithfulness and our finances. And, and then in the Gospel of Luke, one out of every seven verses is about money. I've heard that tons of times, but I don't want to go there, even though I just did. Um, See, I slid that in there. I, I, I don't want to go there because I, I don't think, I think all of it, it's, it's really not about money. What Jesus cares about is your heart. But Jesus knows the only way to really, really, really get at the heart of the heart is our money. And that's why immediately when we start talking about money, you start getting a little bit uncomfortable, start thinking about jingling those keys a little bit. And we're like, you know, maybe we can go grab an early brunch. Brunch sounds good today. We get a light breakfast. <laughs> Um, that's, that's what's happening. It's not something physically, it's not a reaction to the church and money being taught. It's a reaction to guarding our heart. And really, Jesus is after our heart. And so if you think I'm talking about money, I'm just talking about Jesus and how he wants all of our heart. And I want to talk about two things that are so 
just at the core of our heart and when it comes to loving Jesus, two words that are interconnected as much as our heart and money are connected, these two words are connected in our heart. It's fear. It's a fear that we won't have enough. There's a fear that we won't have enough. It doesn't matter if you make minimum wage or you're in a much higher tax bracket. You have a fear that you won't have enough. You have a fear that the bills won't be met because our, 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 we all, our, um, our, our standard of living always moves up and there's always higher debt where you feel like you just have this level of debt. Now just because you're making more doesn't mean you have all this breathing room. There's actually not so much. Sometimes it's much more intense. The, the, the bill collectors want their money even more <laughs> because the debt's larger. And I want this freedom for us. There's a fear that we don't ha- won't have enough and really it's a fear that God doesn't have enough. And I really want us to get this, this idea of a trust fund. Have you ever met a trust fund baby? Some of you guys might be trust fund babies. Uh, like people that, that would like, I mean, they just have like a trust fund. I mean, like, and that's kind of what they live off of. They don't have to get jobs. They don't have career plans. They're just living kind of off trust. And, and this kind of idea I want us to get in, in the mindset of is that we have this incredible trust fund with God that first of all, he's entrusted us and he, he, he wants us to trust him with everything. With everything is such a great song to lead us in because he wants everything. Again, I'm not wanting something from you. I'm wanting something for you. So I want to look into scripture today, and we're going to look in several places. Again, like I said, I just want to go kind of raw towards the scriptures, kind of paraphrase some of it and pick out some of the verses that I really feel like God wants to share with us because I'm doing so many verses. I'll do it that way today. First place is, is in um, Luke chapter 16, and, and we see this parable. Again, one of the 11 parables that, that Jesus tells about money. He, he tells, uh, we're going to look at two of them today in Luke chapter 16, um, verses, I think it's like 1 through 15 or something like that. We see the story of this, what's known as a shrewd manager is kind of what it's often known as, this parable, the shrewd manager. And really, it's an unjust manager. And I would ask you to raise your hand, but some of your bosses may be in the room. <laughs> I know of a couple of relationships in which your boss is in the room. And so um, I, I don't want you to raise your hand right now, but um, do you, have you ever like worked under somebody like that that has like, they're unjust or like, man, I would love for this dude to get fired. What I, I've got a brother, he's uh, up in New York and he's doing some sales. And, and man, he, he's just telling me that like, man, I just feel really uncomfortable with some of the things that are going on around me. He's like, these guys are being dishonest with people and it's really, and I'm like, I'm so proud of my brother. Like he's just like pushing back, like this is not good. And I, I think some of us have been in those places in our work environments where people are, are unjust or, or, or uh, not doing things in a proper way that's on the up and up, if you will. And, and, and that's kind of what's taking place here. And, and so there's a person that's over him. The managers always have, like, someone over them. All right, so, so this guy has someone over him, and he's kind of, like, letting him know, like, look, you're not doing a good job. I know that. And things are about to end. And so this guy does what most people would do, realizing, like, look, he's kind of burned a lot of bridges <laughs> in his life. He's like, I really need to kind of, like, make sure I have a landing spot after this. Anybody, like, knowing you may be laid off, you kind of start, like, maybe I'm going to go back to school and kind of, like, figure out a new career. You kind of start networking in new ways. And so he's kind of doing that. And he's kind of, what he does is he goes and talks to folks. And he's like, hey, I know you owe this much, but I tell you what, I'll give you 50% off if we can settle this today. Oh, great. Yeah, let's do this. Let's get this off. So then uh, maybe 20%. Give me, give me 80% of, of what you owe. We'll settle this today. So he starts doing things like this, kind of making 
looking away for himself after he gets fired because he knows this is coming because he hasn't been doing a great job. And, and I want to pick up at, at verse 10 and, and see what uh, is said here. The, the owner kind of comes to him and says, you know, look, you're doing a good job. I'm glad you're doing that. I'm glad you're kind of posturing and you're, you're making amends with people. You're getting money in it. And he kind of commends him. He says, great job. But the story doesn't end there. He's not just giving him the thumbs up you know, well done. There, there's something else there that Jesus um, is wanting to get at. And here's what he says. This is what the owner says to uh, the, the shrewd manager. He says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Doesn't that sound a lot like the office space thing? I mean, like a little. I mean, like we're talking about fractions of a cent. No one would ever miss it. But if we can't be trusted with, with the little things, we'll be dishonest so much. Let's continue verse 11. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Uh, and if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Uh, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one, love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other can't serve both God and money. Let's just stay there for a second. Whoever can be trusted with a little bit can be trusted with much. I think all of us are, are all of us, no matter what you're doing or, or kind of what your aspirations are, we always want more. We live in, in a society of more, and Jesus gets us way before our 21st century consumerism. He gets us. He gets us 2,000 years ago. He gets those people because there's always been posturing for more. There's always been not being satisfied with what you have and this constant, uh, you know, move to live outside of our means and a lack of contentment has got us to the place where we're serving two masters. We're serving money. We do. And, and look, I, I, I'm the first that knows, look, it takes money to make things go. Like, I live that way. I understand that. I, I mean, I really do. It takes money to things go. But I think there's also this understanding that we can't serve both. Like, either we put God first or we don't. Like, there's really, there's really no in-between here. There's really not. And this idea that we, we, we're serving two masters, you may not feel like, oh, man, I don't have a, a master. But think about who's calling for your, your debts to be paid if, if you're living in debt. Who, who's calling for that? That's a, that's a master. You, you're owing them something. I think I, I want to say it, it's very difficult to live debt-free in the world we live in. But I think as much as it is physically possible, I think God wants us to be debt-free because it's always been about freedom. God's always wanted us to be free. He's never wanted us in bondage emotionally, spiritually, mentally. He's wanted us free. And, and so if you think this about anything, like me trying to get something, I promise you, I just want like what Jesus wants and what God wants. He wants you to be free. He doesn't want you to be worrying and stressed over finances all the time. Like, and, and, and I mean, I would just, how many of you are just stressed about finances on a regular basis? Just be honest. I'm raising my hand first. Like, I'm stressed regularly about finances. Yeah, the rest of us, you know, um, are doing really good or, or not doing so good and not being honest about it. So, um, but, but I, I live with this. So, like, I'm coming as one that's like, man, I struggle with this a lot. I mean, we moved here. Like, we left a job. We left a house. Like, we literally had, had like, no, like nothing. Like, we didn't know anybody. Didn't know how this was going to work. Didn't know where, like, our income was going to come from or anything. Like, I, like, I get that. I get that. But I think God wants to get us. Like, what? Who are you serving? Um, does anybody have, like, like, some cash? Like, I can borrow for just a second? Like, I like something. For real. 
I said I didn't want anything. Like something that's like higher than a 20, like, or, or just like a couple of bills that are like more than a 20. Huh? Yeah, that, that's great. That's great. That's great. Does anybody have a bobby pin? Like I just lost my bobby pin. It fell out. Does, you guys know I wear a bobby pin? Do you guys know that? you guys know I wear a bobby pin? Secrets out. <clears throat> I, I don't want you to give it to me. I want to I buy it. Like, can, I, can I buy the bobby pin? Yeah, it's feel weird. It's my wife giving me a bobby pin. Yeah, well, see, Lee's trusting me here. Example over. You can have your money back, dude. That's a lot of money, dude. Um, uh, you see, he, he's trusting me with money that he's planning on getting back. I said, can I borrow it? It means, can I, can I get it back? And I need my bobby pin back, and my hair's going to be all on my face. Found it. See how frugal I am? I went and found that one. Um, no, and that's what happens with us. God's, God's, don't quit making fun of my bobby pin, man. Haters, bunch of haters, man. <laughs> do what you got to do, man. Um, that's what's happened w- with us. God's trusted us with that money. He's given us something. And what do we often do? We kind of throw it at something little, something frivolous. Like, we can live without, like, a bobby pin. <laughs> like, m- my hair will survive. People will not, not, they won't stop being my friend because I don't have a bobby pin. They actually might start being my friend because I don't have a bobby pin. <laughs> um, <laughs> But we often, we do, we, 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 we're entrusted with something. He's given us, he trusts me that I'm going to take care of that well. And sometimes we just kind of throw it away at, at ridiculous things and just kind of get rid of it. We kind of, and I, and I don't want to just use burning hole in our pocket because I think sometimes we don't operate like that. It's these little things, it's the little things. And, and it's more than our finances that we have to steward. It's our time that we just waste and if you begin to look into the next parable we're going to look at here in just a second, there's a call for people of God to not be lazy. To not be lazy. Like, I mean, and, I, mean I see this so much. Like, people who are just like, like I mean, I, I always look for people who are ready to work. I remember seeing this one guy who was a homeless guy. Man, my heart's always just broken for the homeless. I feel like that's who God wants us to reach out to, and his heart is broken for them. But I saw this one guy who would constantly stand on the um, corner um, uh, in this area that I would frequent when I lived in Georgia. And I remember he'd stay on this corner, and at one point, there was uh, a construction uh, manager posted a sign above where this guy would stand. Don't give this guy any, mo- any money, he doesn't want to work. <laughs> he wasn't disabled. I, I mean, I could see the guy, I saw him walking around town. He was good, he was in good shape. I mean, I could just tell by looking at him, unless there was something I just didn't know about. He was in good shape. And this manager, this construction guy posted something over and said, don't give this guy any money. He doesn't want to work. <laughs> and I think sometimes I think we're, we're not good stewards when it comes to our time, to how we work. And, and we expect to God, for God to just make up the difference for our laziness. And so hang with me long enough, and, and I'll talk a ton about work, and I'll talk a ton about rest. God cares about both. But just like you're stewarding money, you're stewarding time. As we look at this, what are we serving? Kind of what's building the framework? What's coming first in our life? How are we stewarding the things that we've been entrusted with? And we have a choice to make. I want to go to the, go ahead and go to the next parable. This one's probably a little more familiar to you. Uh, in Matthew chapter 25, uh, verses 14, I think it's like through 30. And we see this parable of, it's known as the parable of the talents. Any of you guys have heard of this parable? Some of you guys have heard of this. 
And it's an interesting thing. I've heard sometimes it talking about actual talents, like people like you have these talents and these gifts, but really what's being talked about here is, is money, like people are being trusted with money. And in fact, it's a lot of money. Like I just did the math uh, this morning because I hadn't done the math yet. It is a lot of money that these folks get entrusted with. Like in our modern times, I'm like, dear, I don't know if I'm ready like, to be trusted with that. Like I don't know what to do with $23 million. Like, but I want to read this, this, this passage and see if, that, that, that God couldn't speak to us through um, this incredible parable. Again, it would be like a man going on a journey. He called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To the one, he gave five bags, bags of gold. To another, two bags, and to another, one bag, each according to his ability. According to what ability? Their ability to handle, handle money. It wasn't their ability to farm it wasn't their ability to anything. He's handing them money. He's like, I, I'm not just looking for the guy that knows how to fly a plane. I want a dude that can take care of my money. I mean, who do you go to look for and, and, and instruct you on your finances? It's not just random people. It's people that have the ability and understanding of what to do with money. So that's what he's looking for. So as much as this is talking about money, Jesus is talking about our stewardship. And it doesn't matter how much or how little. It's about the stewardship. Uh, five bags of gold is about... It's 4.7 for one bag of gold. It's about 200 pounds of gold. 200 pounds of gold. Like, that's not shocking. That's a lot of money. 4.7 million dollars in our kind of current market. And then the other guy was given whatever 4.7 times 2 is, 9.4 million dollars. And the other guy, it's like 23.5 million dollars that he's entrusted with in our current market. Like, that's a lot of money. We're, so, but I, I think as we get into the principle of what this is speaking to us, I think we'll find that it's less about the money and, le- and more about our ability to steward what God's given us. Let's continue. Verse 16. Um, the man who had received five bags of gold went at once, and he put his money to work, and he gained five bags more. So uh, also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. That's nice. Growth is happening. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Remember this passage. He dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Let's continue. Verse 19. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said. You entrusted me with five bags of gold. You see, I gained five more. So we went from $23.5 million to like, what is that, $47 million. That's a good turnover. Like, let me find that guy. I'm ready to put my money in his hands, let him work it for a couple of weeks, see what, just see what happens. I'll throw 100 bucks at him, see what happens. All right. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your happiness. I want to skip over the next section because the exact same thing happens. He comes to the second one, says, what have you done with my money? He doubles the money. Doubles the money and he says this exact same phrase, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll give you, I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. So let's just sit here for a second. First of all, there's this good and faithful kind of servant thing. I think it's huge for us to, to realize that God wants to promote us. God wants to promote you. God wants to favor you. And I'm not talking about like promoting like you're working your way up some like spiritual ladder and we're talking about Scientology or Mormonism or something else. I'm not talking about that. 
I'm talking about seriously, God wants to favor you. God wants to, to raise you up to give you greater influence, to, to bring you into what? To come and share in your master's happiness. God wants that for us. We always feel like he's pushing us back and, and, and maybe he's trying to keep us from these things, but God's always trying to promote us to greater places um, in the kingdom of God. And really what he's wanting us to do, he's not just going to give it to anybody, he's going to give it to those that are faithful, those that are humble, those that are ready, and then they're stewarding the things well in their lives. And it's not just the big things. I think in our generation we're really consumed with the next big thing. But can we be just as consumed with the little thing that's right in front of us? And what happens most of the time is we, it's not important to us, therefore it's not important, Right? If it's not important to us, why, why should we do it with the best of our ability? Well, because probably because you're being paid to do it <laughs> in many scenarios. Probably be, because it honors God when we're faithful in the little things. And because when we don't, it doesn't honor God. And it actually brings disdain to his name. Man, how many times have you heard it about, um, about Christians tipping? Have you guys ever served in a restaurant? Servers hate to work on Sundays for lunch. You want to know why? Because Christians don't tip. Bunch of greedy folk. Let's just talk about the little things for a minute, okay? Well, I don't have the money. Well, you probably, if you don't have the money to be tipping, then you probably don't have money to be eating out. Like, I'm sorry if I'm like beating somebody up this morning. I'm not trying to. I'm just being real about what I think it means to be faithful in the little things. Well, it takes me 30 minutes to, to get here. You know, well then I guess we probably should have woke up just a few minutes earlier. <laughs> you know, if we want to talk about being faithful in the little things, that's what it means. And, and we want the next big thing. We want those greater things, but we've got to be just as excited about the things that don't matter to us right now because they matter. They matter. God cares how we steward them. And he's, I, I think for just a moment, if we'll just let that sit in, we can let that marinate in our own lives. And God wants to speak to us about the little things. Because I believe that God wants to promote you. I believe he wants to favor you. I, want, I believe he wants that. But he wants faithful people. He wants people he can just release and, and trust. Like if, you know, Lee's got an incredible heart. He just gave me that money. I love Lee to death. He's just been such a blessing to me. Just look at I mean, just I give him money. He'd just do it. And if, if I didn't give it back, he wouldn't even care. He'd never ask me for it. He'd just be so, he's just such a giver. Just an incredible guy. But if, if I went to Lee and he was trusting me with that, or you think he, he just kind of gives that to someone else with that, he probably would because he has a great heart. But he, he trusted me with that, and he's expecting me to, to steward that well, and the same is true of us, our time and our energy, and the, even the talents and the abilities that we've been given to steward those well. And this happens twice, and, and this phrase that happens at the end of the, the, the guy with the five and the guy with the two, Come and share in your master's happiness. It's something really, really incredible that's, that, that's right there. And it's the joy of the Lord and this understanding of Lord, this, this textual kind of understanding of Lord is it, someone who owns it all. And so this fear that we have that, that we won't have enough, God, Jesus is speaking through this and he's saying, share in, I have everything Share in the fact that I have everything. And so for some of us, that's just going to be taking a deep breath and just saying, God's going to provide. God's going God's to take care of me. At another point in Scripture, Jesus says, look, if, you're, if your earthly fathers knew how to give good gifts, and maybe that doesn't work for you because they didn't on this earth, but if we on earth can give good gifts, don't you think your heavenly Father can give even greater gifts? 
blow our mind. We don't believe him for those things. We don't ask him for those things. And I'm not saying just come to God with your list of like, God, ready for that new Lexus. God, ready for this and that. But just, God, I trust you. I, I believe in you to provide for my every need. It's such a powerful thought as we begin to walk in faithfulness. I want to wrap up this text and see what happens with the third guy. Are you guys interested to see what happens there? Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I, I knew that you were a hard man. I just kind of see him confident about this. He's like, I know you. He's like, you're a hard man. You're harvesting where you have not sown. You're gathering where you have not scattered seed. You're a good guy, man. I'm going to take care of your money. So I was afraid. And it, maybe I was wrong. Maybe he wasn't so confident. Maybe he just kind of came in and he was just kind of shivering. I was afraid. And I, and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. And what, what did I say is the kind of thing in our heart that we've really got to work out? Fear. The fear that there won't be enough. Fear that God isn't enough. But we've got to flip that paradigm and, and really get an understanding that God owns it all. And really get an understanding that he's entrusted us with so much. And you may not feel like it's much. You, you, may, not, you may feel like because there's so little, you've got to protect it even more. Or, or because you're at, at this level and you, you're disestablished in your finances, you've got to protect it even more because more people are relying on you. God wants us to steward it well. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not preaching this whole message about what to do with your money. Am I, I'm telling us about stewarding the money that God's given us well. Because the little things matter to God. We, we, we may not think that all those little things matter to God, but they do. God cares that we spend more on entertainment than we do the kingdom of God. He cares that, that, that we spend more on cable than giving to those in need. God cares about that. And, and that may just be a little thing. That just may be a part of our bills, but God cares. And, and as that song said, with everything, we love to do this. We love to create circles in our life that Jesus is allowed into at the appropriate times he can have his way. But here's the thing. I've got to the point, I don't want to have my way. I don't want to have my way anymore because I've found over and over again that my way is always so much worse than his way. So when I do it my way, I find myself in bondage. I find myself struggling, just stressed and nervous. When I find myself in Christ, I find myself at rest and at peace and walking in freedom and with purpose. And, and my life is just so much better. And, and maybe that's too simple for you for, to just hear it from me. And, and maybe it's just time that you just actually trusted God with everything, not just the areas that we wanted to let God in. I was afraid. See, here's what belongs to you. So there's a half recognition here. He's like, yeah, this all belongs to you. And that's kind of our realization. It all belongs to him. Verse 26. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? So he's like, you get that. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers at the very least so that when I returned, I would have at least received it back with interest. So take that bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. And, and I tell you what, this pushes back from where I like to lean. 
It really does. This verse, it pushes me back from, man, I, I read the text and I see where a rich young ruler comes to Jesus and, and Jesus says, look, you've got to sell everything you own and give to the poor. This, this pushes back at that and there's a tension here that I think we really need to be aware of that in, in one sense God has called us to just empty our hearts, empty our lives and in that scenario with the richer and ruler, he's, he's telling him to pour out everything. Trust him with everything. You think you've done everything perfectly? I bet you haven't done everything perfectly. There's, more, there's always more you can do. Um, but this pushes back from that. Whoever's going to be given more will have an abundance. Je- Jesus is saying through this, I reward the faithful. I show favor to the faithful. And, and why should I? Do, we, do you want a God that is not just? I think we do. We see injustice in the world. We want rights, you know, for where there's wrongs. And, and God's bringing justice. He, he wants to bring faithful uh, favor to those who are faithful. And I'm telling you, this pushes back from many times where I lean theologically, and it says, God, God loves people who are faithful. And God will rock your world when you begin to be faithful in the little things. Not always thinking, oh, something big is going to happen in the future. Why don't we just start doing something small right now and pray that God will blow it out of the water as we're faithful in the little things. People get real nervous about numbers and money when it comes to church, and now I'm just not. I'm just not anymore. I used to be there. I did, but I just trust God too much. And I'm not saying that to like pat myself on the back. I, I went through some like awakenings where I had to realize that, man, this is not about me. It's not about what I want to see. It's about what God wants to see in the world. It's about me being faithful in the, the, the little things. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And this breaks my heart. And you know what it does? It pushes me to love people. And love means truth. And truth hurts. Truth is, is tough to make its way into our hearts sometimes. But if we can receive this, I think our daily work will become so much more productive. Our personal wealth of, of joy will be so much greater as we begin to steward what God has given us and, and not think about what we don't have, but think about what we do have and what God's called us to do with what we do have. We spend 90% of our time thinking about what we don't have and only just a, a small amount thinking about what we actually do have and, and what God wants us to do with what we do have. Let's finish out this verse. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus is serious about what he's saying here. That there's a real serious sense of honoring those who are faithful and showing favor to those who are faithful. And there's consequences when we're lazy. There's consequences when we're unjust. We don't walk in a fear of God uh, and a complete trust of God, but we, we actually just live in fear, not fear of God, just fear that we won't have enough, that he hasn't provided for us. I'm getting a ton of questions on a regular basis about what's tithing and what's giving, and I, I couldn't finish like this talk today without reading the text of what Scripture says on tithing and giving. And again, I'm not trying to get something out of you, I promise. I hope you know my heart by now. Let's look at Micah chapter 3. This is kind of the main part of the text, and again, all that was in the New Testament. This is in the Old Testament. Many times folks look at, well, in the Old Testament, God calls us to do this with our money. The New Testament calls us to do this. God's always known that, like, at our heart is, is really money, and we really like to hang on to it tight. God wants us to steward it well. And listen to what's said here, kind of in light of all the conversations we've had about stealing today, <laughs> that I kind of told you all my baggage. I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. 
you're not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees, and you've not kept them. Return to me. I will return to you. So there's sense that you're not lost. Go back to the previous verse, verse 6. I think this is really important. You're not destroyed. Now go to the, the next verse. God doesn't change. He's not going to stop loving you. But see this, God wants to return back with favor to us. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? How are we to return? Verse 8. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and, and offerings. Uh, you, you're under a curse, the whole, your whole nation, because you're, you're robbing me. And, I, and I'm not speaking a, a curse over you. I'm not saying that through this. I'm saying that God cares about how we steward our money. And if we want all of it to be blessed, I, I think there's a real sense that God wants to bless it. It's his, it's his money he's entrusted us with. He wants to bless it. But God, I think God's serious about this. Because we rob him, it's his. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. Maybe we just need to receive that. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I don't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there won't be a room enough to store it. Like, what would that look like for you, that you wouldn't have room enough to store it? (laughs) You ever think, like, if you won the lottery? Like, I don't know... I could figure, you know, you see people like, I don't know how they spend that much money, and then someone else is like, I'd figure out a way. <laughs> Can you imagine so much that like you wouldn't even be able to store it? In their times, there was so much need on practical resources like food, and, and they would literally just go, and they would just burn crops, and they would give, they would bring it into the storehouse to give to the needy. I mean, that was, they were the physical means for people to survive, and they trusted God with those things, and he's saying that, he wants to, th- I want you to see this, see, test me in this, see if I won't throw open floodgates of heaven, God's not trying to pound something to get out, something out of us, he's trying to get something to us, he's trying to get something to us, but it requires faithful in the little things, and, and, and maybe that's your time, maybe that's your time loving your family, and just being there with your family and just being aware and like actually talking to people in your family, not just being so locked into our our gadgets and our phones, but just being present, like stewarding our time well, like we have busy lives and and you only have a short amount of time with people, steward it well. Maybe it's with your resources, maybe you have a wealth of knowledge and ability that, man, if someone puts this in your hands, you, could, you know you could turn that money to, twice as much, or if, if, if you, there's so many ways you can steward your abilities, maybe it's that, maybe it's not, maybe it's money, maybe it's in this place of stewardship financially that God's bringing us to, and he's saying, I want to get something to you. We never think like that, do we? We don't ever think like that. I mean, let's just be real. We don't think like God's trying to get something to us. We think like people at the church are trying to take something from us. The homeless guy's just going to buy beer. Like, whatever. We've got our own mindset. God doesn't look at it like that. God wants to get something to us. But God promotes faithfulness. God promotes faithfulness in the little things. 
I heard a, a pastor recently say the last thing for a person to get saved, um, or the last thing in a person's life to get saved is their wallet. <laughs> thought that was kind of humorous. Um, Jesus knows at the core of our being, it's connected to our survival, to money. It takes money to live. Jesus doesn't, Jesus knows that. He knows it's connected to our heart, and Jesus is after our heart. That's what he's after. He wants us to grow in our trust of him. Whatever that way, shape, or form that looks like for you, I want to encourage you to be faithful in it. And, and exchange that fear for a share of the master's joy and his happiness. Whatever that looks like for you, take a bold step to faithfulness today. With each second with each ability, with each gift, with each day, with each dollar. Steward it well. Take a bold step into the peace of God. Not out of, don't, don't take a, a, a step from more to less. Take a step from less to more. And if that sounds like a prosperity gospel, I think you've got me all wrong. Take a step from a lack of faithfulness and laziness sometimes to a step, a step of faithfulness. See if you won't open up the floodgates of heaven. I want to pray over you that God would do this in our lives today. I just want to ask you to stand. And we'll be invited to the table in just a moment. Between now and that time, I just want you to ask yourself, God, what areas of my life am, am I not being faithful in the little things? Just ask that he would speak to us. Let's pray together. God, you see your people. God, you see them walking in faithfulness. God, you see them honoring you with their time, with their talent, God, with the things they have on this earth, like money and resources. God, you see them being faithful in those things, God. And I think your heart is broken because you desire to just pour out abundance on your people. God, but, but you honor those that are faithful. You lift up, you raise up those that are humble and righteous and faithful. God, help us to realize we are stewards in this house. And it matters what we do with every area of our lives. God, we're stewarding those things. They're all yours. God, help us to find rest today for those that are struggling to figure out how they're going to make ends meet. God, help us to find rest and know that, that, that we, are, we serve a God that has enough. God, for those of us that are struggling with freedom and, and just this area of, of just being free, God, I just pray that this would be a bold step to freedom as we walk in faithfulness. Help us to be a worry-free church, God. Help us to not be anxious, God. Help us to find rest and trust in you. God, we love you today. God, open up the floodgates as we walk in faithfulness. Help us to not rob you. We love you. Amen.